0: Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match
1: limited by state law. Welcome inside the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. John Ledger, your host, along with Trevor Sickema, your other host. Is host a good name? Can we can we refer to you that way? Is it your official what? doc? Should it be host Dr. Trevor Sickema Well,
0: I just, I mean, when you write it down, just make sure you put, you know, like, MD, PhD, you know, or something oh, okay. like, All right. you know. But host very, is still I'm very, okay. I'm very educated.
1: Yeah, sometimes I wonder if host is like, a slight, you know, compared to the other titles that you've obviously earned throughout your life, I wonder if host almost feels like a slight to you. But um, here we are, I'm nonetheless. Okay.
0: I'm okay. I'm okay with stooping down to your level for the sake of the podcast. Okay.
1: <laughs> what a sacrifice. <laughs> what a good guy, man, Doctor Sycamore, We have a Just lot of a prospects. I'm to a talk.
0: team. I'm a team player, unlike Ezekiel Elliott. Hello. Uh, okay, let's, let's wow! Move on with the throwing
1: the jab shots out there. <laughs> So so oh so where are you at on this Elliott thing? You know, are oh you anti loafing?
0: Oh my god! I couldn't care less. Yeah. absolutely could not care less. Zeke Elliott's a stud. Um yeah. I, if, love the, and, I love this, the I
1: love the the, the 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 Zeke Elliott. You know, do, do the Cowboys wish they drafted Jalen Ramsey?
0: <laughs> look, that man, was a legit conversation. Like you can like you can get into it if you want. Like the whole importance of position you know like taking a lockdown corner is more rare than say taking a good running back or blah 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 like you can you can you can dive deep into it like that and be like oh one was more worthy of a top pick than the other or like when you bring in contract money and guaranteed money and all this stuff you can bring in whatever you want but like do the Cowboys wish they didn't have Ezekiel Elliott no
1: no and the fact that we bring it up because he loafed on one play is insane they're just like, oh, now to the Cowboys, which, oh yeah, for sure. They wish they didn't have the NFL's leading yeah, rusher that last was year. It. Definitely, that
0: was totally it. That when
1: one point. NFL's man. in
0: rushing arts for a rookie. Oh, anybody can do that. Yeah, but you also are probably the same people who give the argument that running backs are replaceable every two to three years. So whatever. Yeah,
1: unreal. Oh man, hot takes and reactions are—you won't find those on those show. This show, folks. If you do find hot takes, you will find hot takes, but they're going to be informed hot takes. So they're it's just probably be, from
0: me. Yes. And they're probably wrong.
1: Well, eh, I mean, you are a doctor, so you,
0: I did say that Mississippi State would beat LSU and didn't really think twice about it.
1: That's true. That's true. You did call that. And let's talk about that game cuz Okay. W- there's a couple of different storylines from this game. One, Darius Geis should me should be like as in his performance this season should have been Heisman worthy. I think he's played fine from what I've seen. The blocking has not been very good. He's, he's averaging five point three yards a carry, so we're, you know, we're nitpicking here. But for a guy who's averaged like eight yards to carry in his career, this has definitely been a slow start to the season. There hasn't been any explosive guys taking over type of plays or anything. So I mean, uh, I, he's also been limited carry wise. He hasn't had a ton of carries, so I think really? they're saving him for for later in the season. But right now, I don't know. It, he hasn't been as it hasn't been as dominant a showing as we expected it to be. and Because of that, I think it deserves. A closer look.
0: I don't know. I'm. Um, I, I like. I hear you, but um, like we we know it's still there. You know. Oh I'm yeah. I'm so it, it, yeah, I'm worried yeah, no, not worried about guys. Yeah, worried about everybody else
1: getting it together.
0: Okay. Oh, well, I don't even know. I don't know if that happens because yeah. LSU is not, not that great. Bad. Yeah. They don't have a good <clears throat> passing attack, which means teams are obviously just going to stack the box against oh, yeah. guys. And when you stack the box against guys, and he's still getting five yards of carry. That's pretty good, but I mean, at the same time, you know. I, I again, like we're super nitpicking here. Is there yards per like? Are you one of those people that kind of has uh, yards per carry that you like to see from from running backs in college? Because I think. No
1: not in college I, I, I mean in college it can be absurd and they can still not be good you know Right
0: right but like I'm thinking you know if you're going to be a top back you kind of got to average about 6 you know in college at least 6 Typically I'd say yeah You know what I'm saying So like somewhere between the 6 7 range because that certainly means that you're you're explosive enough and you're dominating the competition enough to be a good running back at the next level and be picked at a high, at, worthy of a high pick and so you know guys is a little bit below that line but again I, we're not really worried about it. I just don't know how much better it gets for LSU. So, you know, we're sitting over here watching Saquon Barkley just, uh, you know, beat you know, schools for the blind left and right. And, you know, he's putting up these video game numbers and everybody's saying, like, yep, RB1, there he is. While Geis is like, hey, remember me? I'm getting 11 people in the box right here. So uh, I, don't, I just don't know if it gets better for Geis just because LSU mm-hmm. not good.
1: Yeah no i agree i i i think lsu will pl- i think guys will have some performances that are definitely better than this but consistently yeah i mean i think it's a big question mark i just looked up a couple average you know yards per carry for some of these guys coming out of school and melvin gordon his last two years 7.8 yards per carry 7.5 yards per carry uh, his last two yep. years at wisconsin todd Gurley was at 6.2 6 and 7.4 yeah. his last year at georgia and that was only in six games that last year you you Zeke. want six or seven? Yeah, Zeke was at uh, six point nine and six point three, no, his last couple of years. So, and anyway, th- that's a stat. I mean, it- it's great to go to to refer to at some point, but the reality is that each situation is going to be unique, and it has to be has to be viewed within context of the tape. And right now, the tape around Gurley says that there's not a lot of space for him to run. And like you said, there's no passing attacks. You think Gurley are loading the box, and oh, I said Gurley, I meant guys, which um, is
0: also true, though.
1: <clears throat> very true. Drew Gurley, too, for sure. Um, Although he looks great catching the football, Um, Gurley does. And speaking of catching the football, that adds another element to this Geist conversation because Saquon Barkley's been absolutely outstanding for Penn State, which is expected, but he's also been ridiculous as a receiver. And so he's more advanced in that way anyway coming into the year than Geist is. So that adds an element to the evaluation. And these two are going to be compared all season long. We'll just accept it. Right now, Barkley is averaging 8.1 yards per carry, uh, 307 yards on 38 attempts. Still not getting the ball enough, I know. It's, it's, a, it's a James Franklin issue been going on for a long time. But he also has 11 catches for 241 yards and two touchdowns. Wrap your mind around this. He is averaging 22 yards a catch as a running back. That is absurd. I don't care who you're playing. That's insane. That's pretty good. He's been a monster, and he had four catches for 142 yards against Georgia State. I know it's Georgia State, but check out the athleticism on some of the plays that he's making. Also, he had three catches for 54 yards against Akron, four for 45 against against Pitt, and a touchdown in that game. So he's getting it done consistently through the air, and they use him in a versatile way. They they have him run wheel routes, seam routes. He runs vertically down the field. He splits out wide. So that usage is going to be really, really attractive to NFL teams because you're constantly trying to get – you're you know 11 person out on the field and then flexing you can go five wide you can go to empty from that type of pr- that, that is much more of a better fit for saquon barkley than it is for darius Geis now right now now i love darius Geis. i that's obvious he's my number one overall player coming into the dra- and coming into the college football season still is my number one overall player i think he's a monster um but i definitely b- believe that barkley has an edge on him in that area of the game and that could be a divisive issue with nfl teams
0: Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. But I'm again, you know, which these are two of the top guys They could very well be uh, two of the top five prospects in the entire draft. So uh, it's kind of weird, you know, watching one go off while the other one struggles. But such is college football and such is football in general. You know, one team is is a lot farther off than the other. You know, Trace McSorley and Penn State's offense is a heck of a lot better than. LSUs right now, so it's just the way that it's going to be. I'm interested to see obviously how Penn State does when they face better opponents. Um should be fun for them coming up here. But right, That's going to be um, key, I think.
1: And whether yeah. Barkley freaking gets the ball enough. I'm glad they throw to him because they this, don't run dude, him. It's enough. It's the so.
0: Zeke treatment. It's the Ezekiel Elliott treatment yeah. because when Ezekiel Elliott was there and they wouldn't give him the ball, I, I guarantee it was because they thought, alright, we got this great weapon. Everybody's just going to be keying in on Zeke. And so what we're going to do is we're going to we're gonna throw around him. We're going to build the game plan around using Zeke as a compliment. It's like, all right, bud, now you're in a close game in the fourth quarter and you're Ohio State, so you messed up. And I just feel like that's going to be Penn State at some point. They're just going to outthink themselves, and all of a sudden they're going to get into the fourth quarter of a game, and it's like, hey, Saquon's got nine touches.
1: Progressive presents Mind Flowness with Flow.
0: Before you lies a beautiful meadow. In that meadow, Progressive Direct has placed its auto insurance rates alongside those of competitors. You select the lowest rate and feel
1: a great sense of calm. A great sense of... Compare Progressive Direct rates with competitors' rates so you can rest easy. Visit Progressive.com.
0: Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Comparison rates not available in all states or situations. Prices vary based on how you buy. Uh, That
1: is. That's how it goes, though.
0: You probably should give them the ball more, but yeah. Anyway, that's so. There's the yeah. There's our there's our top top two running back
1: thoughts. While we're talking about this matchup or this comparison between the two of them, Mississippi State obviously beats LSU. To me, Mississippi State has played really well this season, and I, I think they could be that team that kind of comes out of you know maybe nowhere. I mean, can't say nowhere, but you know what I mean. Like relative obscurity to 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 make some noise at the top in the top fifteen. They got Georgia this week at Georgia. That's going to be a really tough one, obviously. But this quarterback, Nick Fitzgerald, he's played pretty well. Redshirt junior Dane Brugler from uh, over at NFL draft scout. He was tweeting out the other day that, um, essentially, that Fitzgerald needs more attention. uh, That he he's going to get. You know, teams are excited about him, and they and they could be. And. you know he's 6'5", 230, white, good looking. <laughs> he's kind of got your uh, your media hype criteria. Um, These are
0: all fair points,
1: <laughs> and so I think that media the media will hype him up whether he deserves it or not. My question is, does he deserve it? And that's what I you know uh, looking at him this season. To me, he seems improved with his accuracy. He seems improved um in terms of his ability or his, his willingness i would say to go vertically down the field and not necessarily just take everything quick underneath but to stretch the field when he needs to a little bit better accuracy in that area. and he's making less mistakes than he made a year ago i'm intrigued and i hope to be able to catch him he plays they play george i think it's seven uh this saturday um i'm hoping to be able to get that game and and be able to cover it, maybe for ndtscouting.com we'll see when we when we pick the games for this weekend but um would like to give that one a look for sure even if i'm not officially scouting because i want to see fitzgerald see if there's anything to the you know the hype that's starting to build up with him after they beat lsu and he hasn't been amazing or anything this season but he's completing 61 percent of his passes last year was only 54 percent um and he's vertically he's 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 throwing the ball down the air a lot more and he has seven touchdowns to one pick this season uh where he had 21 touchdowns to 10 picks last year so Hopefully there's some growth there with Fitzgerald because he has a lot of the physical uh, criteria the teams look for. And so I'm, I'm excited to give him a deeper look um, moving forward. One guy that we haven't talked about a bunch and we kind of dismissed a little bit with the linebackers because he didn't seem like he was putting it all together, might finally be putting it all together, Malik Jefferson at Texas. I don't know if you caught much of that USC-Texas game. but
0: Oh, I watched it, yeah. Malik
1: Jefferson was freaking good, man.
0: Yeah, no, that whole Texas defense was good. I don't know what yeah. happened because they were just straight up not Charlie good Strong, Maryland, man. Right, <laughs> Charlie Strong's guys. Defense. That's what I'm talking about. That's Charlie Strong's defense.
1: That's right, you, Tom Herman. You don't take this. Um, uh, so
0: yeah, no, I was I was pretty impressed with with Malik Jefferson. Now um, he's doing the things. Uh, how do I put this? Like he's doing what we thought he should have been doing. So. I don't want to get caught up in the – I don't want to get caught up in the, hey, here's where what we thought of him preseason. He wasn't that early on. Now he is, and, like, think that that is somehow, like, elevating him above whatever he should have been. Or, like, sure. I'm just I'm, – I'm trying to make sure that we don't overhype his performance more than we should have because it's new for him because he was playing uh, – he wasn't playing – I mean, the defense overall just wasn't playing as right. well early in the year. So – Malik Jefferson was thought of as, you know, this first round prospect. And so like I don't want to overblow him playing well because it's not like he was playing well and then all of a sudden the last week he like took it to this next level and that's why we're talking about him. You know, it's it's kind of more just like, hey, look, you know, Malik Jefferson showed up the way we thought he was going to. So he Well, he's kind of, of
1: he's played at the speed I think that you wanted him to in the past. It was always like there was too much hesitation, there wasn't the processing wasn't there and no, he, would he see looked flashes confident. of it. he but, looked
0: very confident right. in USC. That whole defense did, and anytime you could play confident, you got a chance, right? So, no, it was good. I mean, he was shooting gaps. Uh, right. He was he was being pretty instinctive. He was wrapping up a bunch, of, and, and you know, they call him that. They call him the predator on the defense, and everybody looks to him, man. You know, if if Malik Jefferson's having a good game and playing confident, if he's getting a couple tackles and some tackles for loss early on in the game, that's always going to elevate a defense because he is the most touted player there. So I think that's a, that's a good part of what happened when we saw him play against USC is he was finally he was he was confident right out the gate and he was able to make some plays early on and that I think just elevated his game and, and was able to coast with that kind of momentum for the rest of the game and it was nice to see because this is a really talented kid um in the linebacker class though we have our guys at the top it's it's somewhat up for grabs and and you know the NFL always loves these athletic guys that can they can shoot a gap and can anticipate well and and um just be i mean we saw how the nfl coveted jared davis when he got drafted a lot of people thought that he got drafted higher than he should have and you know that's that's another case for a guy like jefferson who has that kind of athletic ability
1: two guys have intrigued me outside jefferson in that game too cameron smith the inside linebacker for usc i didn't think it was his best game but i did think this is the guy that brings it physically between the trenches he is a grinder uh he's kind of Is got he that a gruden grinder with, oh he's he's one of those types man if gruden <laughs> watches guy he'd be like i love this guy look at him and he has There's that mentality awful I mean,
0: he, gruden but all right
1: that was a terrible gruden yeah but he has that mentality he plays like, he his like hand popped out of place or something like a couple of his fingers and the trainers were just like snapping him back in and he went back in, oh, like good the next play good so it's one of those grit factor guys you know grit just grit. yeah, the old school classic you know single bar face mask bar you know those kind Love of players it. he'd Love be one it. of those guys back in the day um Love it. but also he, porter gustin
0: when he, when he goes into the pros and he's in madden i'm going to change his face mask to the Do like the single like the true single bar like the kicker one yep where he's it's one like of there's those. literally no protection the old gary
1: anderson yep that's him man that's him he's old school guy he could wear leather head out there you know porter gustin same way <laughs>
0: Brian Cushing wouldn't wear a helmet at all if he didn't have to.
1: He wouldn't. He actually has it on occasion. He's headbutting guys without one. He's an animal. The spe- that's honestly Cameron. Reminds me of that without the juice. And I'm not going get to get Cameron Smith into the juice. And you know, if he's maybe not, he should. Maybe he is. I don't know. Maybe maybe uh, he should. You know, who knows? <laughs> but Porter Gustin, he plays with that same type of fireman. You he's you liked good. him pre pre, and I should have watched him. I, yeah. He was one of the two guys I didn't really get to. And now yep. I've seen him, and I've been like, okay, yeah, this guy's good. And I think it's more than just, like, he will get high points for effort, but I think he's going to test a little bit better than people think, too. And he's yeah. pretty good with his hands at the top of the arc. It helps him. He has enough bend with his hand usage. I, I think this guy could be a player. Uh, he had two sacks right. against Texas, and he looked really good and got a bunch of other pressures. And I think he's going to surprise some people. I think he's going to get that um, that – that, uh, you know, stigma that he's not a good athlete or anything around him, but
0: yeah, um, no, not to, not to, not to build off the stereotype, but like dude has such a motor,
1: like he seriously
0: does off the snap, working through blocks with his hands, getting around the edge, all this kinds of stuff. He's a great worker and, and I'll compare it, you know, to, to, to kind of kill the stereotype narrative there. Noah Spence here in Tampa Bay, you know, a lot of people thought that he was going to be like this pure speed rusher off the edge that had this great bend. And don't get me wrong. Spence is a speed rusher type, but you can ask any coach here in Tampa Bay. The reason that Spence is such a good pass rusher, it's not because he has this unreal bend. Because he, I mean, his bend is not what the narrative around people say that it is. It's really not what Easy. makes Noah Spence so. What makes Spence so good is that his, he's, I mean, he's going a hundred miles an hour the entire right. time. Yeah. He will make a tackle on the other side of the field where a running back gets up a hole and is ten yards down the field, and you'll see Noah Spence come in and make a tackle. That's just like what he is. And so Port Augustine is I'm not saying that this is a one-one comparison, but I'm saying like this is such this is a valuable thing. Um, having a having a big time motor like that. so when I watch stuff like what Port Augustine is doing, I can't help but be reminded of some of these effort sacks that I'm watching every week that happen from from Noah Spence.
1: Speaking of effort, you just made me think of this, this has nothing to do with what we're talking about, but I have to bring it up because I want to know if you've seen it. Did you see the tackle that Jamal Adams made down near the goal line? where he was lined up to the the ball was on the far hash uh, or was on the, was on the right hash. And he was lined up to the boundary as the edge defender walked up on the line of scrimmage to the boundary blitz off the edge or kind of blitz, you know, just play the run off the edge. I don't know if it was a straight blitz, but the ball was bounced all the way to the opposite sideline. He came behind the line of scrimmage, jumped over two guys at full sprint and made the what? tackle at the sideline to save a touchdown on the opposite side of the field. I'm going to send you this. How did right, I miss this? I'm going to send you right now on Twitter. It's absolutely ridiculous. One of the greatest effort plays I think I've ever seen.
0: I mean, I mean, p- do people love Jamal Adams. And I, I mean, dude, like for good reason. Like if you watch his tape, there is nobody that plays at a million miles an hour more than Jamal Adams does. And the thing and the reason why people liked him is because often when you play at such a high speed, you're giving up something, right? You're becoming reckless. You're you're giving yourself an opportunity to get burnt a certain way or guess wrong or this or that. That's what happens when you play at full speed. And it's rare when you get players like Jamal Adams who can play at full speed who okay, who first are fast, who first are athletic. Then play their full athleticism, and yet almost seem like they're in control the whole time, even at their top speed. That's such a rare thing. So not not surprised that Jamal right. Adams doing that, but like I gotta see this.
1: I, I just sent it to you. Out. It's in check your Twitter DMs. Our boy Connor Rogers over Bleacher Report tweeted it out originally, and I'd seen it. and the, And the Jets did a good job stringing out the play, but I think it's Marshawn Lynch's ball carrier. He's gonna lose. He's gonna he's gonna score because he broke a bunch of tackles. If Adams doesn't get him from behind, I mean, it's one of the, it's one of the best effort plays I've ever seen. Uh, but anyway, you you watch that. You jump check it out. Let me know. What you Holy think. crap! Right?
0: <laughs> he jumps over. You 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 forgot the detail that the guys he jumps over are two of his own guys. Oh like, yeah. Oh yeah. He's just leaping over casualties in his right. wake.
1: <laughs> it was insane. It looked like a video game play.
0: Was that Lynch too? He tackles Lynch, I think right? it's
1: Lynch, yeah. Cuz Lynch breaks oh. like three tackles before that. Dude.
0: Oh yeah. my gosh, that's awesome. Just a Dang. monster play.
1: It looks like when you're hitting the triangle button and running full speed in Madden. Like you got the speed all the way up. Or the, I'm saying triangle button. I'm still on I'm on like PlayStation 2 like the last video game I cared about, but that's what it looks like anyway. Um that's funny. Funny, funny play. Um, who else we have to talk about? James Washington's been really good, right? To start the season, yes,
0: yes. James Washington's been great. Hasn't and played anybody, people, but a lot of people think that whatever you dominate the competition, you got. A lot of people think that James Washington is is their wide receiver one. And man, it's it's nah. it's weird. It's weird watching James Washington because his body build is not really like a wide receiver. And then also when you watch the ball get in his hands. Dude, he, like, runs like a running back. It's like he's – it's it's. A, but I, I mean that in a good way, though. You know, when he gets the ball in his hands, he's got vision. He's got the ability to break tackles. He's got that stiff arm, and he's got some decent speed to him as well. So that mentality goes into when the ball is in the air. I think he's also great in traffic, and, uh, you know, I don't know how diverse his route tree is because Oklahoma State is what it is. This would be a really interesting – James Washington would be a really interesting one that I'd love to see a reception perception on from from Matt Harmon, because um, I wonder how diverse his route running is. because he, he's so good at what he does now, I just wonder how many different things that he's doing. Um, yeah. Because right, he does now. He's fantastic at. He's got a. He, he's got. I think it's yards per catch.
1: Twenty-eight point two.
0: <laughs> okay, so I think I read somewhere that James Washington is one of only two wide receivers ever. To have back to back a thousand yard seasons with more than eighteen yards per catch. And if he does it again this year, he's the only one in history to ever do it.
1: The weird thing is I don't even think he's that fast, and he's not that dynamic in the air. Fast. So it's like bizarre how he's gotten his production.
0: Wait, wait, wait. What did you say in the second point? I, I don't think that he's that
1: point? dynamic in the air. Like
0: what do you what do you mean dynamic? Like I think he's how good in the air.
1: Yeah, he's he's solid in the air, but you know he's six foot two oh five. He doesn't have great length. He, he'll catch some in the air. I mean, he's good at the contested contested catches for his size. Okay, but I okay. think there's a lot of times he doesn't adjust that well to the ball, and also Mason Rudolph's pretty inaccurate, and you know he's a little How bit. How dare older. you? <laughs> I don't know. I just watched. I watched. I think every one of James Washington's games last year, and there are like times where he really flashes. But then there's a lot of opportunities in the air where he that he he'll miss his chances too. And maybe that hasn't happened this year, but you're right is his yards per catch average has been monstrous over his time at Oklahoma state. And for a guy without great speed and out without it, at the very least without great physical tools to be a beast in the air, you know, he's not like odd and Tate size, you know, or anything like that. You know what right. I mean? Like, yeah. And so it, it's unusual to see a guy without either of those two things be that productive vertically. Um, yeah. I don't know. I get, I watch James Washington, I just think he's kind of, this is it. Like, I don't really think he's a guy that I needed to see more of, you know what I mean? And i watch him this year, obviously, but I don't think he's a bad player or anything. I just don't think he's a true
0: number one receiver in the NFL, so... I don't know. That might not that that might be true, but I think he could be a high end number two. You know, sure, yeah, I get by like a after, very so. like a very high end number two. You yeah. know, I don't think he, I don't I don't think he's a top tier running back just because of his size and yeah. maybe his athleticism in the NFL probably catches up to him a bit. But in terms, like I I I love what I see from him even in a normal point to call him a, a solid wide receiver too, even a high end wide receiver too. So yeah.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I'm keeping an open mind and, and continue to you know try and watch him throughout the season. They've got some – I haven't really paid much attention to Oklahoma State because they didn't really play anybody yet, but uh, TCU this week is going to be a good test for them. TCU's tough. They've played well this year. What
0: time is that game, do you know?
1: That is a 3.30 kick. A um, couple of good games at 3.30, oh, I Oh, thank so. God. I
0: don't have to watch Alabama Vanderbilt.
1: Yeah. I can watch yeah, that, something else. Yeah, that's going to be a bloodbath. Um so, yeah, there's a couple games this weekend. Uh, we'll talk more about those in depth. Um, yeah, so uh, we've got a guest coming up later on the, uh, on the show later in the week. Uh, I'm going to keep that on the DL for now because I, I like you, you guys to be surprised. I'm a big surprise guy. And then we got Fan Friday. We're going to talk about the games. We've got to pick some of the games, um, go through those, and uh, talk about some rookie performances we're looking forward to as well. So, um, yeah, lots to do still throughout the week. We're just getting started here on Wednesday. Uh, we got lots of cool stuff rolling out. Unlocked on Lockdown NFL draft. So as always, make sure you guys keep it locked right here. Unlocked on Lockdown NFL draft.